0: This week's episode of Podular Modcast is brought to you by Patchworks Seattle. Please visit them at P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Also by Needham Woodworks, the finest Eurorat cases in all the land. Do you want to step up your studio game? Well then head over to com. Okay, so you just finished uh, mixing your your first album, or your 10th album, and you're wondering what the next step is. Well, I would advise you get an objective set of ears on it to make sure that your music is the best version of itself. Does it stand out from the crowd? Well, the best way that I can think of to ensure that it does is to head over to Obsidian Sound. Obsidian Sound offers mastering and mix review services to labels and independent artists. the mix review service in itself is very very useful if you're somebody who mixes your own music and you feel you know comfortable enough to do that it's nice to get a professional set of ears on it but the mastering, that's where the sweetness is. And the mastering engineer over at Obsidian Sound is Nathan Moody, one of the most sought after experts in the mastering of modular music across all formats, from streaming to cassette to vinyl. From Heinbach to Howie Beeves, I mean, he's just done it all. In fact, this song that you hear below me is from my most recent full length album called Music to Come Down To. And I had uh, him review my mix and then master it. And it was so, so helpful because, um, you know, there were just little things that I didn't pick up. Uh, and just small little tweaks that I could make personally to my mix, send it off to him for mastering, and it just breathes a whole new life into it. Um, very easy to work with, a lot of communication back and forth. Um, so if you'd like to learn more, please visit obsidiansound.net. And if you say that you heard about this this service on the Modcast, you'll get an extra 10% off your next mastering project. That's obsidiansound.net. And welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and I'm very excited this week to have my buddy, Josh Lim, a.k.a. Lim and Jaya, one of the founding members of Modular Seattle. He is on the show, and he is one of my favorite uh, Seattle artists. I think he's super talented, and uh, I wanted him to come on and, and build a patch for us and, uh, and walk us through it. And I think uh, it's going to be veg- very er- educational, veggie educational Ugh, words very educational. We're also going to talk about, uh, you know, the the involvement of Modular Seattle in, in keeping the, uh, the uh, worldwide modular scene kind of connected through all the live stream stuff and whatnot. It's a great conversation. Um, yeah, I just, I haven't seen Josh through the whole pandemic, but he actually, we, we did a nice, safe, masked, socially distanced thing. So it was one of the first pod mods that I've done in person in a really long time. Um, and that's, it's just awesome. It's so good to see a good friend. And it's, it's, yeah, it's weird that it'd been over a year. And we're going to get into this chat really quickly, but um, first I want to tell you about March seventeenth. I'm going to be doing the Peaked SF live stream show, so uh, please check the link in the show description. Um, it's the first set that I went out in the wild and brought the jazz bass with, so uh, I think it turned out pretty good. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, and before I forget, I just want to remind everybody, even though we will talk about it in the show, but just up top, you you don't have to be from Seattle to play a modular Seattle live stream. So they're very open to uh, you you uh, hitting them up to ask to perform and all of the past performances are on their youtube page so go check them out there's some really really good stuff um speaking of good stuff i'm really enjoying this parallax filter from warren electronics it's um it can be a dual filter or a stereo filter and in stereo is where it really shines that's kind of if you if you listen to morgan's chat with me when he was on Podmod, or if you know anything about warren's uh, you know, modular lineup. It's very, very much about spreading stuff out in you know the stereo field, and they're just really cornered that market, really, really, just beautifully. Um, I'm going to drop a link in the show description, obviously, about the parallax, but I'm I kind of want to let it speak for itself today. Um, I don't want to get into the technical details. So here is a sample from uh, Mount Erie. It's just like a xylophone or kalimba or something being. Uh, being played really beautifully and I'm running it into parallax and controlling it with um, a bunch of after later audio modulation sources and the divkid oct so yeah just let's 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 listen to this if you've been listening to my demos, uh, through the years of Podmod, you know, that when a filter comes across my desk, I, uh, I like to make it freak out. Um, and as a sound source. So why don't we get into that? I'm going to get it self resonating and patch like every single CV in on this. And, uh, yeah, some pretty wild stuff happens. So here I'm going to take uh some of the frequency into the audible range from a super secret module that I can't tell you about yet that's going into the frequency the first frequency in on the parallax seriously, such a fun filter I cannot wait to learn more about. Uh, how to use it effectively. Um, stick around. More Worn uh, demos will be coming in the weeks to come. I'm going to start talking about the Vertex VCA as well. Um, but seriously, go down to that link in the show description and check out the Parallax. Such a cool filter. Let's talk to Josh Lim.
1: Like the the, the shelf separating us, I know, too. Uh-huh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the COVID shelf? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're in the hot seat now, Josh. Yeah,
1: wow. This um, is like the Bachelor after the final rose. I don't know if you get that reference,
0: but I get that it is a reference. <laughs> oh, no, I know he gives a rose to the the final rose is given to the woman that he picks. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Man, that is just, I have a lot of problems with that, with that model of the show ethically and morally. There's
1: just, a lot with the show that is problematic, <laughs> but you know, we all, we all have our trash TV that definitely. that we yeah. like.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I had yeah. a scent with Hoarders for a while, but then that just, that oh. got to a little too sad.
1: I yeah. Think. That show makes me sad. That one's a sad one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah and like they
1: try to play it off like oh it's hilarious this person's like hoarding all this stuff and it's like no this person has some serious
0: problems no, that like no. need to be worked through <laughs> like-, like the my strange addiction like it seems like they always they try to they have to throw the the psychiatrist or psychologist at the yeah. end to be like we're trying to help them but it's like yeah. no this is just pure exploitation. It's like I, I, see, I see the way you're editing this <laughs> yeah, like this yeah. is, you, you want me to laugh at this person Uh-huh, totally. and it's working. Uh huh. But hey, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's wor- I want to I, I should have looked this up before you got here but as you've seen since you got here, this has been not as uh, well managed. It's fine. As I was hoping, but here let me see. I want to see what episode you were on cuz we met doing an interview for this show and I think that was episode 2. I, I think it might have been later I, than that. Really? Mhm. I, I think like was, I, I want to say it's I want to say it's 6 or something. Okay.
1: If I am right, do I get a prize for yeah. knowing the show more than yourself?
0: Yes. What, what's, what should that prize be?
1: I'll be the new host of Pod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you thought it, you thought it was two. Fo- uh, I thought it was two. Two, and I, and I said it was six. Yeah. Five. Episode oh, five. Shit. Episode one was just me and Ian, and uh, Cindy was the first guest. Oh,
1: uh, may- maybe that's why. Yeah. I'm confused.
0: Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about.
1: What yes. are we here to talk
0: about? I don't really know. I don't
1: know. You, what do you mean? You're the host. You tell me. No, I,
0: I just wanted to hang out with you. It's been a while. Oh, it's the first time while. we've seen each other in, in person since since COVID. Like, and that last thing that I did, Which that most was... of us did, um, was as far as like seeing live music was modular nights. Yeah, I station. actually
1: I don't remember if I was even there because the last show was in March. I, I might not have been there. Oh, I might really? have, I might have been like sick or maybe you had the vid. Maybe I had it. Damn. But I wasn't there, but I remember frantically that morning, that Saturday morning, you know, things were getting bad. So I remember picking up the phone, frantically calling Bradley and Justin and being like, "Guys, guys, don't we got to cancel the show. You guys you guys <laughs> can't do it. You guys we we got to we got to cancel." But I don't remember. I think they ended up still doing it yeah. still.
0: Yeah, they did it and then I think um the, the uh, two days after that is when, like, the the lockdown started. Yeah,
1: like, that's right.
0: I remember we were going to go to um San Francisco, my my friend Justin and Hannah and I. And uh, we were that day of the last Mots. We were like, is this going to get canceled? Are we going to go? Like, no, that's not real. And then, like, I saw South by, like, got mm. shut down. Yeah. And when I was, yeah, when I saw South by Southwest was shut down, I was like.
1: That 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 was what I think for a lot of people, especially <laughs> no, in, the, in the entertainment uh-huh. sphere, mm-hmm. that's when it's hard to feel real. Like this is a big ass event, yeah, and this is a big deal, yeah. And so the fact that they're canceling means we should take this seriously, definitely.
0: I and I hate to like go straight into COVID talk because I know somebody out there listening is like, I don't want to hear about it. But it's like, you're my friend. This mm-hmm. is the first time I've yeah. been with you, like one on one since this. It's like it's impossible not to talk about it. for sure. And I also think it kind of frames up what I do want to cover with you um, today is just how well you guys have uh, adapted and kind Mm. of pivoted and rolled with the COVID punches as far as modular Seattle goes. And I think uh, I've said this before to uh, you know, the SoCal people and then the Colorado people, like you guys are really keeping us together and even growing our community. Yeah. It's grown a
1: lot actually. And I think being on Twitch, um mm-hmm. has helped with that because now we're no longer contained to mm-hmm. just our cities. Seattle. Yeah. It's exactly. like people from all over the country, all over the world are signing up to play. Like we a few months ago we had someone from um Brazil. Oh play. nice. And we did we were doing like a like a giveaway, like just giving out uh in the Twitch chat, just like some some Twitch swag. Mm-hmm. And the guy who won was like from I want to say like Poland or something, oh, really? and it was like, oh, we should have considered that before we committed to giving these <laughs> away. But um, but it's crazy because yeah, it's it really is because we're on a platform like Twitch and not mm-hmm. just at the substation. It's been growing a ton, yeah. which is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's I, one of these these kind of unexpected. I mean, like really turning uh, lemonade. Turning lemons into lemonade, (laughs) turning Um, lemonade back into lemons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like something about like these these chat rooms that you get in when there is a live Twitch stream and the the inside jokes and like the Mm. people from Colorado bleeding over it in SoCal into Seattle Mm -hmm. and in New York. Um, I feel like those are like the four big. You guys are you know part of that four big modular community yeah that i see once the world's open again there's going to be a lot of like people physically traveling to each other no i think
1: i think so too and um we we've even talked about like when we are back in the substation because like what do we do because now that you know our our artist base has has grown a bunch we have artists from all over who are wanting to play it's like when we get back into the substation like how do we kind of keep that going rather than then cut cut it off and restrict it back to you know being just in the substation mm-hmm. and it's like you know maybe if for whatever reason we have extra funds we could fly people out or like you know we could stream them into the substation that's what i was wondering and,
0: in between acts could you yeah. do a live stream like in between live
1: yeah we, we've certainly talked about that and i i, I want to say like justin and bradley have been like talking to the substation about like uh, you know, how we can get their internet set up where we can do that. So mm-hmm. when we are back in the space, we can still have someone from Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, stream in remotely and, right. and play to the folks at the substation.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I feel like that's this new way of doing things. Like it's, mm-hmm. there's going to be leftovers when we get back to whatever quote unquote normal is, yeah. like with the streaming stuff. And that's, that's an, a really interesting idea. I wonder if people are going to be just so fatigued on that. Are they going to be like... I don't want to see a lot of the live stream right now.
1: Yeah, I I think so, but I think if we're still in the substation and it's like as long as it's not like a majority of, you know, artists <laughs> streaming in cuz yeah. ultimately we want to go to the substation cuz we want to see like people right, right. live. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we don't have like an overabundance of people streaming in, I feel like that would be okay and yeah. as long as long as we're in the same space too you know i think i i don't foresee that being a problem but i i am interested to see like how you know when we go back to normal how those things kind of pan out
0: i think if it is a problem it will be short-lived yes like people will be like oh i don't want to see another stream but once you know a few months goes and and kind of being out in society is a thing again it won't be as fresh it'll be a little bit more like oh that is a part of the pandemic era that I did like.
1: Right. Um, Well, and I also wonder too, like those people who are coming in from outside of Seattle, like when things open back up, are they still going to feel inclined to like play for the Seattle show when maybe now there's going to be something in their area that's available and more accessible to them, you know? mm -hmm. So I I wonder how much of our um, new audience will kind of wane off when the pandemic is over.
0: Uh, I mean, I imagine the, the monthly live stream shows will be maybe a little less attended, but yeah. who knows? Who I mean, who knows? Like, this could be something that that could really be here to stay. Like, you could find, you guys may find yourself in a situation where you're getting more people on the live streams than in the in, in person. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah,
1: I mean, like I said, like, the audience has been growing. Like, you can just kind of see, because we, we have, like, our Twitch statistics, and we can mm-hmm. see month over month how we've been getting more and more viewers, more and more subscribers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's cool. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like, we're still feel connected to people. And you know, it's funny cause now we feel connected, like even outside of Seattle, despite actually being locked in our homes uh-huh, and restricted. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. yeah, it has been really cool. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, in that way. I've got this, like, I mean, I mean, something like Velocity, is oh, yeah definitely gonna happen again now, right, like yeah, like so once it's okay, yeah,
1: velocity, so twenty nineteen is obviously fucking lit, yeah. you know that oh, was, was like amazing. one of the i think one of the things I feel most privileged to have been able to be a part of, and like you know um you know putting that whole thing together and and mm-hmm. just the event turned out amazing, and i I couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, 2020 came around. We were actually in the early stages of planning
2: mm-hmm.
1: for Velocity 2020 and then the pandemic hit. So then obviously we put that on hold. And then with 2021, it was like, okay, this will hopefully probably be the year where, you know, COVID starts to die off, but we just didn't know like what exactly that looked like or how certain that was. Mm-hmm. So we decided not to do Velocity 2021 either, yeah. um, just cause it's like, even if like, by the end of May, for example, the mm-hmm. thing just magically stop, It's like at that point, it's not
0: enough time no, to plan it. No, you know? and and, what, and yeah, if you set it up all right now, like it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: exactly. Um, so hopefully, twenty twenty two question mark. I don't want to make any promises right, to right. those listening who would be excited, but we it's certainly something we want to do again. Mm-hmm. And we 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 had talked about you know for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one maybe moving Velocity online, but. I think because 2019 was our first year and it's like, we don't want to do like this first event that's like in person and just like fucking killer. Yeah. And then the next year move it online. That
0: that would be, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it was cool. Like when, um, synth booth came around Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's the first time they're online. So it's like the, the expectations were set to be, you know, a remote event and, right. and it worked really well. Um, but yeah, if velocity had done that, I don't think it, I think it would have kind of just been a bummer. Cause, I was we, gonna cause say, we all know yeah. what it was like in person.
0: I think you, you guys, know? I think you and Bradley and Justin would have been a little bummed. Yeah. Um, we would have been bummed. Although part of me would have been stoked cause it would have been a
1: lot easier. <laughs> 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 and part of why, part of, you know, why I love all these Twitch streams is, uh, we don't have to go to the substation and like get all our shit set up. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's like really <laughs> nice. Like I'll just like kick back. You know, Justin, he's a, he's our live stream guru. So honestly, other than like hosting, I don't really do shit. Mm-hmm. He's kind of running it all. Yeah. So I'll just have the show on my computer. I'll kick back with the beer. You know, mm-hmm. play Xbox in between <laughs> sets. And like, it's it's a I love mod nights <laughs> even more now. It's it's a great time. Um, obviously, I'm excited to get back in you know, the physical space, but the, the, the setup and
0: yeah. (laughs) I can't wait for that. And and yeah, hopefully it looked like subs, you know, substations having people um, like they're, they're opening up, opening up. And I think I won't be surprised if in a few months we start seeing like small capacity live. I would hope so. I would hope
1: so. It would be cool to like be back in there, maybe do like still stream over Twitch, but then maybe just, Yeah, you know, invite smaller groups of people to the substation and have like, you know, a live show there. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how things pan out. We're just kind of going to keep our ear to the ground and you know, whenever, whenever, whenever we're told it's safe to do in-person events, we're going to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you guys, do you have like a contingent, I don't know if that's the right word, but do you have like a plan? Like, okay, once they say like, this is how we're going to do it. Um, or are you still kind of waiting on it's probably hard to do that without specific parameters as far as... Like-
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't really feel the need to have this, like, plan ready to go because we have this nice little infrastructure going where we can be on Twitch. So it's like even if things open up, like, we can still wait it out, like, a month or two. Yeah. Um But as soon as the substation tells us we're good to, you know, come back, then we will. And... We're uh, figuring out MOTS right now. We're, mm-hmm. we're emailing the parks department right now and trying to figure out how that's going to work and if we're able to do MOTS over the summer.
0: That uh, seems more likely, right? I think Because so. it's
1: outdoor and uh, supposedly a lot of people are going to be vaccinated by like the end of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first MOTS would be in June. So I'm, I'm very hopeful for MOTS. Yeah. So uh, if anything, that'll be the first in-person event. That'll be nice. Should be Mott's at Gasworks in June.
0: Ah, uh, Can I play? Fucking killer. Sure. I've, I was supposed to play Gasworks, oh, and really? then it got rained out, and we went to Patchworks. And That's stuff. right. I, yeah,
1: that was that was a fun show. But yeah, yeah, it was a bummer that we weren't at Gasworks. But yeah.
0: yeah, I was really bummed about that. So going I, going into it, I'm I'm kind of curious. Like once once you three. You know, once once the lockdown went down, I mean, I know we didn't really, we none of us expected it to be a year, mm-hmm. but after I think four months, we were all kind of like, "This is going to be a while." Yeah. Like, this is uh-huh. this is what things are. Like, what was kind of the the progression of of how you guys handled it? I mean, I feel like with with Justin already being a part of it before the pandemic hit, yeah. you guys had you already had that live streaming infrastructure built, where yeah, it was, it was pretty easy it, for you to
1: yeah. It, I honestly don't really remember the transition because it was so seamless because it's like justin had all the stuff set up at home so it's mm-hmm. like okay let's make a twitch account yeah and uh <laughs> all right we're ready to go yeah. you know so um so yeah i don't really remember like what that progression was because we were able to just do it so quickly it and, seemed and adapt, really natural so immediately yeah yeah it
0: seemed like okay there's gonna be a live stream event and then like live stream events just became like the thing um, yeah. Yeah, and how much communication have you had with the other synth societies as far as like, yeah, like, have so you guys, how much have you worked together and yeah, learned from so each other?
1: Yeah, I, uh, so I remember earlier in the pandemic, we did like this whole panel thing where, like, I think, um, I think Modbap, no, who was it? Oh, no, it was SoCal. SoCal's yeah. inside, Society. they were putting together this like online event and so we did a panel with a bunch of the other societies and mm-hmm. that at least for me is when i met a bunch of those people for the first time mm-hmm. and then honestly bradley and justin are more the ones who communicate with them especially <laughs> justin justin has helped all the societies mm-hmm. put together like their discords oh really and okay. yeah he's, he's kind of the guy you know mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for discords
0: yeah i want to have all of you guys back i haven't had justin on the show i need yeah. to get bradley and justin on um yeah you're you're more of the the per- personality
1: Yeah, so it it really, it really is because we were meeting last night because we like meet up every week to just kind of figure shit out. Mm -hmm. And it really dawned on me that like Bradley, he's the business guy. He Mm -hmm. runs the business. Yeah. Justin does like the event logistics and like he runs like like, the tech. Uh Uh-huh. I'm the pretty face that everyone <laughs> sees and gets all the credit. So <laughs> It's a good it's deal. It's a good deal, yeah. But, but Bradley and Justin prefer that because, you know, they, 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 they like when I interact with people versus them having to interact <laughs> Right, yeah, with yeah. Bradley's
0: definitely more, way more comfortable behind the scenes, yeah. scenes, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't even know if I've seen Bradley perform live
1: he has a few times, but I really got to push him to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, uh, he did a, a patch for the, when you guys were on together, right. but that was like three years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many times have you performed at one of your events? Oh, uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see this that I have where I have your little oh, that's surprise beautiful. face? As that's a-
1: beautiful. I'm so happy that you have that there and that I'm always watching you and I'm Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest accomplishments for me of 2020 is to be immortalized as a sticker.
0: Yeah, you're a sticker, and so what we're talking about is a sticker that is made out of a what do you call them? Like an emotic? Do you call them emoticons on Twitch? Is that a really old word? I don't know,
1: dude. Emoticon is a really old word. Yeah, if, that's as like, I said that, that's I was like, like, I just AOL, yeah, messenger. Yeah. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> emoji. They're called emojis now. Well, but yeah. it's not
0: an emoji because it's an actual picture. Yeah, so it's Josh's face. Josh's Josh's for the listener is uh, one of his claims. Claim to fame is uh, getting really excited when people do really good drops or switch yeah. it, you know, they change yeah. something up in a patch. It's a very distinct, like, oh my God face. Um, and it's something my that... My face. Every time I build a patch for a Modular Nights, I, I think in my head, I, I got to have a part where I make Josh go, whoa, yeah. like that. So because you guys have that sticker and sent it out to, you know, all, the, all your patrons, I put it above my synth to be like, when I'm making a patch, I got to keep in mind that I got to make Josh... I love that. I gotta, I gotta freak Josh out. I'm
1: glad that my <laughs> approval is what you aim for.
0: Yeah, dude, you're, uh, you're <laughs> like, uh, I like I said, one of the reasons I wanted you, like, we're talking about mots and stuff right now, but I wanted to have you on individually today to talk about synthesis. Yeah. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I think you're one of the more talented people that I know with this instrument.
1: Wow, I, I really appreciate that, and I'm incredibly flattered to hear that because one of the things about, you know, hosting mod nights and being a part of mod Seattle and being exposed to so many different artists and Mm -hmm. hearing so many different sets is it really makes you feel like shit (laughs) because you hear so many good sets and Mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, I should, I should just stop. I think that's something (laughs) that
0: this live streaming thing, like I've seen more, more live sets or, you know, I've seen more people perform on modular this year than any other year because there's just more, more of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of the times you get to see their setup, so I feel like, especially after just this last mod or modular nights that you guys did just a few days ago. Oh my god! Everybody Jesus, those sets, fucking killed it. Those sets really blew me away. It was dude. a it was an amazing night. Um, and seeing stuff like that, you know, it makes me like I I feel like I have pushed myself so much harder as a modular artist in the last year yeah. than I like. I think I was just kind of twiddling and having fun. But after this year, and it's, it's, it's like it's a healthy bit of competition. No, I but agree. it's mostly inspiration. I agree. It's, you know? it's
1: it's that other side of the coin. It's like yes, these people are amazing, and sometimes it can be discouraging, but it also can be really inspirational. Yeah, and and I want to make people thing,
0: think what I'm thinking right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You
1: know? The way I'm feeling about about this set, I want people to feel that way when they hear my exactly. shit. Exactly, and that's
0: why that's why I got the "Josh, oh my god" sticker. I love that by my my setup. I here. love that. Um, Where were we, where were we going with that? Oh yeah. So yeah. Just like, I'm curious, obviously in your position, you kind of just you know, talked about it, but like, as, as somebody who runs this event is constantly around other performers and especially with this live streaming stuff, that's something I did want to talk with Mm. you about today is how much has that, you know, obviously it's, it's inspired you. How has it changed your approach? Like, do you like, seems like it has to have influenced you in many ways, and I'm just curious I'd like to hear you talk about that
1: yeah, so I don't know if it's really changed well, it has changed my approach, but not in the way you might think. Um, I think being exposed to so many setups, so much you know some people's you know different gear configurations, mm-hmm. and seeing what people are making with the setups that they have and hearing it um it it makes you kind of rethink your setup mm-hmm. and the modules you use and the gear you use because, you know, you're trying to get to that level of, you know, others and, and you know, um, and you, you kind of get in your head that maybe part of it is the, the gear selection. And mm-hmm. so... Certainly, you know, in the first few years of doing Mod Nights, it was always like, oh, okay, this person, they they got that module. They did this really cool stuff with it. Mm -hmm. So then I'll look into that module. I'll buy it, put it in my case, whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, after so many years, I, you know, and as I've gotten older and my desire to save money (laughs) has (laughs) increased because, you know, I want to buy a house one day. I want to have kids one day. I want to send my kids to college, Uh uh uh, you know, and set myself up for success. and, And so... Uh, you know, being, you know, in, in that position, uh finally just saying like, okay, regardless of what I see or what I hear and how it inspires me, I just need to like stop
0: mm-hmm. buying shit. You made that decision pre pandemic. I remember. And were...
1: I failed every single time. Okay, So the okay. first, the first, the first time that. I tried it, <laughs> I, so yeah, it all, it's hard as a New Year's resolution. Um, to be like okay gonna go the whole year with one setup oh that's right because i was trying to get you to buy something from me and you were like
0: i want to but i'm not buying stuff but
1: then so the first time i did it i made it till july and then i went to patchworks and um they showed me the after later audio juggler Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. broke me yeah that's what made me say fuck it and (laughs) and i failed and then the next year i made it to like august and the year after that i made it to like february uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, 2021—it's uh, my year. It's oh, wait, my I want to know
0: what broke you. The next two—I don't remember. Okay, honestly,
1: that's how much gear I was buying. Right. I don't fucking right. remember. <laughs> so, 2020—I um, actually spent all, you know a lot of time um, figuring out what that setup was gonna be mm-hmm. and kind of nailing it down. And like, I sold almost all my gear mm-hmm. except for you know the stuff you're seeing in that case and the organelle and uh, my Arturia microbrute just because that was my first synth ever so for sentimental reasons I don't want to let it go Um, and you know a few other modules I have sitting around um, but I got rid of mostly everything and you know committed to a setup and uh, 2021 is going to be the year man I'm going to do it wait wait when's the
0: last time you bought something Uh, I see that look in your eye it's been recently well
1: (laughs) I was doing fine I was doing fine I was being a good boy (laughs) And then Mutable Instruments was like, Blades! Oh, and yeah. I was like, fuck! <laughs> okay, and that was my last purchase.
0: Okay, okay. And since then... I've and Beads been... hasn't, hasn't tempted you? No, because... <sighs> A little too Cloudsy?
1: Well, I love... Actually, I don't, I, I don't love Clouds, actually. But I... Beads looks really cool, but it's the contrarian in me that says no because everyone and their mom has Beads. Right, it's... no, I, I get Slash that. is fiending for it. Yeah, and so... Yeah. Like, for me, part of what makes Modular so appealing is that individuality and, like, mm-hmm. this instrument is my instrument. No one else has a configuration like this. And so whenever there's a module like that, that, like, everyone's getting, like, I don't want to get it. Because that, for me, personally, I'm the feels same, yeah. like it defeats the purpose. I didn't
0: bit. want a Morphogene for so long. Because oh, just everybody yeah. had Morphogene. Everyone but had then morphogene. I got a Morphogene. And I'm Wow. Like, yeah, that's that's just why everybody has sell one. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're awesome. I, I I've like I'm looking at my setup. I've got a lot of like of those modules. The Morphogene and the Data Bender, I think, are both and the R bar. I almost got the Data Bender. How is it? It's it's awesome. I, I need to learn how to use it. I uh, basically yeah. just use it straight out of the box, and I really like what it does. But eventually, I'm going to have to like figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Because yeah. I know it can do way more than I'm doing. Like, right. I just use it as super. I put it on gl- on drums and like mm. stereo spread nice. drums. And yeah, then just yeah. glitch out one side of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's pretty fun.
1: Uh, you just made me think of something else, though. You know, the idea of learning modules, and and part of also why you know wanted to stick with one setup, and because um, you know part of, cause like we were saying, you know, when you when you see so many artists play, it's like you want to get that good. Uh-huh. And for me, I kind of realized I was. Kind of getting in the way of my own mastery of my instrument mm-hmm. by constantly changing. Yep. It. You no, know, it's that's, like,
0: that's, that's real. Man. It's
1: like if you are learning piano, but then every week the order of the keys change, <laughs> yeah. you're never going <laughs> right, to get right, good right, at yeah. that instrument, right? <laughs> that's a really good analogy. Um, and so for me, I was like, I just need to commit to a setup and to just get really good mm-hmm. at that setup mm-hmm. instead of buying gear, you know to make myself better. I need to learn the setup I have. Yeah. That's how these artists are so good. They learned their setup yeah. so intimately. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, I do they, they, they just know these modules like the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I need to do if I want to better myself as an artist is yeah. just learn the gear, stick with it, and embrace whatever limitations they have, embrace and accept whatever my modular can't do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just kind of let that guide my creativity and my mastery of my instrument.
0: I think, yeah, I think I, I try to tell, I had some students this summer. I tried to tell them the same thing, like, just get to know what you have. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, you look around at everything that I have and it's like, <laughs> obviously I don't know how to use all this stuff, but <laughs> what I did because that was an issue and part mm-hmm. of my job as, you know of this for this podcast is, is I have to learn a new piece of gear and demo it, Yeah, you know, once a month. Right. So like a lot of my modular time is spent learning how to use something, which is useful because you start using the same types of modules and then you get better at using yeah. like filters or, you know, ADSR, you find new ways to use them and stuff. But, um, I just built that in that tiny skiff, wherever the hell it is. <laughs> I put it somewhere wow. only you could misplace an entire <laughs> modular rack. it's over on the couch it's my for <laughs> you but I did I I purposely you know made my battery powered setup so I could a do these live performances because mm-hmm. that was just sounded fun to me like these I mean not live but like live in the woods yeah 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 um but I also knew that if I got like the powerful modules that I really wanted and I could build a small setup that I could get something good out of then Mm. over time I would like get really good with these modules. exactly. Um, And now I feel like with the seven U system, with the stuff that I mostly use this summer, I feel like I'm better than I've ever been. I'm making stuff that I want to make. It sounds like, I think for a while I was like making what I just kind of call modular music. Like Mm. I didn't, I felt like it was cool. It sounded good, but I didn't feel like it was an actual representation of my artistic whatever, you know? And I feel like I'm there now. Because no, I, I have the smaller set. Yeah,
1: I, I feel that, that same way, you know, because I also did downsize, you know, as, mm-hmm. obviously as, as part of this whole process. Um, and I, I think part of it too is also kind of slowing down. Mm. I think, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm like, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, kind of but, you know, I make, you know, you make music so often and you 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 really throw yourself into learning a module. And then as a byproduct of that, whether or not you have actually squeezed out all you can get out of a module, you get bored of it, mm-hmm. right? And then that kind of feeds the desire to get something new. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, with the pandemic, I think a lot of artists, and I'm sure you've felt this yourself, you know, we felt kind of this pressure to be continually creating because it's like we have so much time now, I you think know? at the and,
0: beginning, it seemed like there was a real arc with that. Yeah. Like, everybody felt that and then, like, I feel like it got to be such like a well and we lived our lives, all our social life was so lived online. Yeah. Where like I feel like on like once things enter the realm of, of social media and or whatever, it's like mm. it ex like exponentially yeah. speeds things up. No, definitely. So there was like a month where everybody's like, I'm gonna write my you know, my Ulysses. This, yeah, and then, yeah and then and then, a month and then later, I see everyone
1: else on Instagram <laughs> doing it, it makes people pressure to create. <laughs> and so eventually I had to say, you know, just fucking chill. Yeah. Just yeah. like if you don't like just take it slow, take it easy, go play some video games for like a week straight, and then come back to your modular. And, yeah, and,
0: yeah. Uh, did you do that, dude? What video games? I played you play? so
1: many video games. You too. I got my
0: wife into video games. Oh really? She beat Breath of the Wild. That's Hannah amazing. Beat Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I'm proud and of her. She, yeah, I'm so proud That's of her. You amazing. can hear it in my voice. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> I played a lot of games over this pandemic. And, what,
0: let's let's just video game for a minute. What, okay. what, what's your what's your what's your, your go to like genre?
1: Um, PlayStation. It's <laughs> so not a genre, <laughs> but, uh, but PlayStation. Okay, so you all, all, with the, all of it. All the best games are on PlayStation. I'm, now, I mostly play my Xbox because all my friends are on Xbox, uh-huh. and that's how we like socialize and hang out in the uh-huh. pandemic. But the two best games, hands down, the two best games I played in 2020
0: were Last of
1: Us 2 and Death Stranding. Okay. Okay. So, like adventure,
0: adventure, like story-driven.
1: Story-driven is Mm. for sure my shit. Same here. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I beat. So I beat Breath of the Wild during the pandemic as well. Um, and now I'm like, I, I started. Outer Worlds. But I, That's a good one. Is it? Yeah. I, just, I, I played that over the end.
1: pandemic. I like uh, okay. it. It gets better the more you play
0: it. Okay, because I'm not super into it right now. But
1: I, I wasn't either to start, but once I start a game, it's like I have to persevere and finish it. Yeah, so yeah. Outer Worlds gets better for okay. sure. Okay,
0: because yeah, I love I love RPGs and Hannah spilled water on my PS4, so I'm <gasps> kind of limited to... Um, oh! Yeah. I'm kind of limited to uh, uh Switch RPGs oh, and fair there's not a lot yeah. That, I, that seems super exciting because it's you, a little bit more. Kid. Before
1: uh, before the water spilled into your PlayStation, did you play Last of Us 2?
0: No, I didn't. Fuck. I, I, but I played um what, I played the new Final Fantasy VII. That remake. Oh
1: my god, I love. Yeah. I love Final Fantasy and that Final Fantasy 7 remake really ooh I love it that. <laughs> that's a great tattoo I got Final Fantasy 7 um, tattoos but yeah that shit blew me away yeah it was, it was really
0: good um, Witcher 3 uh, I didn't see I started
1: long. Witcher 3 but then it was like super 15 minutes in I realized this game is gonna demand an insane amount of my time Th- that's yeah I'm an adult and I don't have that time <laughs> so I'm just gonna put this one aside
0: <laughs> um, so we did a lot of uh uh I'm, I'm trying to wrap up my end of the game the game talk because I know people out there are like I'm no I
1: love game talk game and yeah. modular games and modular that's like my entire 2020 yeah there's so. got to
0: be other gamers out there listening um, but uh, Mario Party Hannah and I oh, have played yeah. an, a ridiculous amount of Mario yeah, Party no, especially we, like we
1: love the Mario in my house yeah, we Han-
0: love it yeah so we just got Paper Mario Oh, the
1: origami yeah. king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, good.
0: And Mario versus Rabbids, which is actually really Yo, fun. That
1: game is lit. Yeah. Dude. I, I was
0: really skeptical at first, but I played it's it fun, and it though.
1: hooked me. Yeah. It's so
0: good. Yeah. That's like we're trying to find good multiplayer games because, you know, we don't really see many people. We, yeah. we have our quarantine pod, but it's like, you know. Um, okay. Do you have anything else to say about games before we move on?
1: You know, nothing that won't throw me into like a 30 minute rant or diatribe or whatever so
0: so you step away best best to leave it there so you step away play some vids for a while come back without kind of you shed that that weird that weird demand that we all kind of put on ourselves or Mm. weird expectation that we all Mm. put on ourselves to make sure that we are doing our best creative work and yeah it sounds like you kind of hit it with just like a I'm going to do this because I enjoy doing it.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, um, doing it less has been, you know, it's
0: funny because it sounds kind
1: of counterintuitive because it's like, well, if you want to get good at something, you got to do it more. But no, I think doing it less has been really freeing and allowed me to enjoy it a lot more. And um, I don't know, just giving my creative brain some room to breathe. Yeah. You know, instead of constantly being on, mm-hmm. you know, it... it, it, it I don't know. It's just I, I just feel like a lot more at peace now with with the music I'm making, and um, I'm a lot happier now that I've slowed down. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a lot happier with the stuff I'm creating.
0: I think that may, the the doing it less thing, like you said, could sound count, counterintuitive, but here's why it makes sense to me. Coming from somebody like mm. you, is you already know these tools. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing it more because you're forcing yourself to do it, it's not fun. And like if it's not fun, the creative spirit. Is ultimately like a play. It's like a play. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a, your child, childlike side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to force it, it's not, it's not going to happen. So if you do it when you want to do it, you already have the skills. Yeah. So if you are driven creatively and you feel that 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 fire burning, then yeah. you can hit it, and not have to learn how to use your shit again. Yeah. Because you produced a bunch of music before you were into. Um, into modular yes like a, a fuck lot, load of, a music, lot right? of music right yeah. yeah so like you're already well versed in this world so i think that doing it less actually i that resonates really really heavy heavy with me if i don't feel like patching i don't
1: yeah or or rather uh, maybe to put a little uh asterisk on you know doing it less it's like doing it less for creative purposes because mm-hmm. like i also teach um lessons pri- private lessons mm-hmm. um modular um, and so a lot of the time when I would get on my modular, it's like, it's not even for creative stuff. It's just like putting a lesson together uh-huh. for the next week, you mm-hmm. know? So even though I was like doing creative stuff less, I'm, I'm still on my modular a lot because I'm. I it's what I get paid to teach. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. And, and so obviously I got to, you know, prepare and put in the effort that way, but it's not like a creative energy Totally. Kind of thing. I know? get that.
0: When I'm making demos, there's obviously a creative side to it, but it's not yeah. like my magnum opus. Yeah, make
1: exactly. It's more for an educational purpose mm-hmm. rather than yeah. like
0: getting that creative. And that out. has its fun side. I like doing yes, that. Um, definitely.
1: And that's also almost kind of freeing in a way too, of just like being able to focus on just the technical things and not stress yourself out about coming up with, you know, some mm-hmm. fire idea, yeah, you know, yeah,
0: <laughs> even though I just put that pressure on you for this episode,
1: yeah, which I gotta tell you, like putting this passion together, I was very uh stressed out because the pressure, but I think that also drove me to,
0: to some, to put yeah, sometimes cool that's together. good. I sometimes
1: like... it every once in a while, it, it works wonders, yeah, <laughs> if you're
0: playing a show and there's somebody on the, the bill that you think is like you're really good then you're like and they're like oh shit i have to play after yeah it. like if i have to play with you or like david lutz or donald crunk like i'm like god dude I, it. <laughs> I will never put myself
1: on a on a bill with david lutz i've done it once <laughs> never again because he fucking slam dunks me every time, dude. He,
0: dude. I, I, and i've talked about him a bunch on the show and he has like no music to listen to out there because I keep telling him we need to make an album. Yeah. And
1: Although, A, hey, uh, he is going to be on the next Modular Seattle cassette.
0: Oh, nice. When is that coming out? Soon. <laughs> Soon? Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know if you remember his set at Lucio when we did the quad thing. At, at oh, Mountain outside? Park. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He played that set. And that set has stayed in my heart ever since I've heard He's it. He's very it's, talented, yeah. It's, to this day... Some of the best shit I've ever heard, period. And so, yeah, it's going to be on the next month.
0: I may have a recording of that one. So I've I've had him do some stereo recordings. Okay. Like, when we were, like, I would basically say, come over and we're going to record that because I'm going to produce an album for you. And I actually have, like, an album of his stuff that he's recorded with me, like, ready to go. Wow. And we just got to, like, do it. The world needs it. I know. That's what I've said those words. The world needs it. But at the same time,
1: I totally (laughs) love this whole, like mysterious um, figure yeah he's he's a he's <laughs> mysterious he's uh he's elusive you know it's it's like it's like that period you know i i think of i think of david lust in the same way i i i saw um frank ocean in between the period of him dropping channel orange and then us waiting for blonde and he's just like this elusive mystery character but when he comes out it's just like oh it's a fuck- he's fucking genius you know and
0: oh can we talk about how good blonde is blonde is amazing it's that's just like one of my favorite albums of all time one of your favorite albums of all
1: time really? is blonde
0: yeah and wow. i am not like i don't listen to a lot of r&b I don't wow. really at all. Like there there's no other R and B. I don't really either.
1: Like, but Frank Ocean, he's
0: kind of a god. That it, album just It's a beautiful album. It blows me away. Yeah. It's like Man, one
1: of your favorites of all time. All time. That's yeah.
0: respectable, but
1: all time. That's fucking crazy. Are you are you trying
0: to say that orange is better?
1: That's no, good. no. Okay. Blonde is certainly better. Thank you. Certainly. So many
0: people disagree with me on that, but it's like they're not they're not even in the same category. God like those I feel people
1: like, they just they just don't get blonde no dude. i feel oh, like God. channel I've, orange is wow like, i feel like such a snob saying they just don't get it dude all i right.
0: feel like people who like channel orange more that's like saying that you like help me do by the beatles more than you like you know like anything from abbey road it's yeah just like, that's, that's they can't be compared yeah or
1: it's like people who heard sergeant peppers and were like that's weird <laughs> yeah, you yeah, don't fucking yeah. get it
0: all right <laughs> it is a weird album it is yeah. super weird um Man, I'm gonna have to tell David Lutz to listen to this episode because he, he gets he gets some nice props. Um, I love him. So, so what was kind? Of, let's let's start talking about this patch sure. that you built because yeah. I, I asked what I'm trying to do this year um, is have people on that I really enjoy their their patches and have them basically share their secrets with me in the audience. Yeah. But um, I asked you to make something that is kind of that you felt was representative of you as an artist. Yeah. Did you do you feel like you've done that? I do. That's great. I do feel like I've done that. Okay. How would you describe before we get into it? Like, going now, with those parameters, what were some of the things you were thinking about going into this?
1: I actually was gonna. I I, I kind of figured you would ask something similar, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to flip that on you. And how how would you describe my style? Because I'm I I don't really think in those terms a whole lot, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so I'm kind of curious, just based off of the stuff I put out, what you feel my style is. <sighs>
0: I it's hard. I, I have there's a there's a term that just popped into my head, but I don't. I think it's too simplistic. But the first thing that pops into my head is kind of like a like a broken hip hop, like
1: a okay like, yeah
0: sure. Like I feel like there's some serious like Flylo, J. Dilla, like
1: whoa whoa, like, whoa don't put that pressure on. No, me. <laughs>
0: like just kind of the spirit of what they do and that brokenness. Kind hmm. of like you're really good at that. Like is this. Inten- okay, you know this is on. No, no. Okay, it's it's out of sync. Okay, no, it's okay. in. Like you're good yeah. at that kind of broken thing, but you add um, you add just like a. I don't even want to say ambient either, because that's I wouldn't call it ambient. But like you add like a nice um. Just like you're really good at surrounding something that sounds broken with something that's really pretty.
1: Okay. No, that's I I like that and. Also take that as a very high compliment. And uh I, I would describe it similarly like it, it's uh it's, it's kind of just like broken ambient music with mm-hmm. drums. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's and, like and uh that
0: T album that it was just called T, yeah. right? Yeah. Like every song was like a minute long. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like yeah. I love that that kind of shit. I just love that. Oh, thank um, you.
1: Yeah. I made the whole thing in like 4 hours. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I just made these 4 minute long tracks and then just had those four tracks. It was really, sl- really short. So then I just took those tracks and reversed them, and it was like, great! Now I have eight tracks.
0: <laughs> Wait, you reverse like the wave file? Yeah. So, so the whole
1: album is actually in, uh, fuck, what's it called? A palindrome.
0: Oh, okay. The whole album
1: is so if you listen to the album front to back, and if you just took that audio and then reversed the entire thing, it would sound the exact same.
0: Oh, dude, that's pretty. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so. Well, one thing that I like about that is I, I feel like I have just in the last few months got to a place where I could say I have a style,
1: mm.
0: you know? Um, I agree
1: with that. I, I feel the same way.
0: About yeah. my stuff or about your stuff? Both. Okay. Because <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I felt like you had a style like the first time I saw you playing.
1: I don't think I ever tried to have a style though. I
0: think that's what makes you have a style. I think sure, trying I to have, right. you know, I like right, I didn't try to either until... I started but, doing stuff rather, rather, what
1: I should say is, I never felt like I had a style. Even if you felt that way, I never felt like I had a right. style until recently. Okay. Now that I've put out enough music and i kind of being able to look back at it and like listen to it, it's like, oh, I definitely have a style, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I, I never really like intentionally created it or thought about it or okay. realized it
0: and now that you have realized that do you like your style <laughs> wouldn't yes. that, okay because wouldn't that suck if you yeah wouldn't that be garbage dude like, oh i guess i do have a style and it fucking sucks yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no uh it i do i'm very happy with the sound that i gravitate towards and the style of music i make it feels very me good you know it just That's the whole point yeah right? exactly like like it really does and i think part of that too is you know sitting with this particular setup like i've you really just kind of build that relationship and chemistry between you and the instrument, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And and uh I think now that I spent some time with this rack and and uh I don't know. It just it it feels all the music I'm making feels very right and it feels very authentic now.
0: Should we check it out? Uh yeah. Is there anything <laughs> else that you wanna say about it before we take a listen? Um Nah let's do it. Please pardon the interruption. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. You really helped to keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod. You quite literally are keeping the show going in its current capacity. There's no way I could do as much as I'm doing right now without the Patreon. Um, But I want to beef that up because I really do want to do this U.S. tour thing. Um, Once the world's open again, I want to come around to your scenes, play shows, interview the people from your scene, and film the whole thing and do, like, weekly episodes of that. But that would be expensive. And <laughs> if, I, if I'm able to do it, the Patreon is going to be a huge part of that. So, um, yeah. Thank you to anybody who's already on there. Thank you to anybody who's been on there in the past and their financial situation changed. Still really appreciate that. Once again, patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. And this track that you're hearing is called Numenosum, awesome, and it is from my album, uh, music to come down to, which was mastered by Nathan Moody over at Obsidian Sound. And I think this might be my favorite track on the album and maybe one of my favorite tracks I ever made. So with that said, let's, uh, let's get into Josh's uh, patch walkthrough.
1: Okay, uh, so I guess to, to start, uh, so I have two plats okay. in, in my rack, so two, two oscillators. Um, I, I'm really in love with all, having a really digital rack because like, it's just it's, they're reliable <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm the same way um and so I even though they are two voices I'm I kind of am treating them like one sound so I, I actually have them both going into individual channels on my quadrat uh, which is in an attenuator and then mm-hmm. out of there they're both being fed into the qubit nebulae Okay. Um, so even though they're separate sounds, they're both being processed, you know, through the same chain. And by putting them through the attenuator, I'm able to still have individual control over each of those sounds, um, turn one up and
0: da- or down. So wait, are you live? Are you creating samples live on the fly? Or? Yes. Okay.
1: yeah okay. So so yeah. So I'll I'll play it. So I have these two. Ignore that hi hat. Uh, it's part of it. Though, okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not interesting right now. So yeah, I have the, the two plats. Uh, going into the quadrat, which I'm then able to turn up going into the nebulae and you know, control each of those levels individually. because um, 'cause cause that that's something I'm I'm big on too. It's 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 uh how can I create the most uh, control mm-hmm. inside of the patch and how can I control things and especially since I'm using the ES9 and so I don't have actual volume faders on my uh-huh. on my rack and I don't want to grab a MIDI controller to hook up to Ableton um, so yeah I, I, right. I, I often in live settings uh, will often use my attenuators as volume faders mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways yeah so I have the two plats going into the nebulae uh, and then out of the nebulae I have them both going into the ChronoBlob uh which you know as I mm-hmm. as I turn up, you know, you get some delay. And then is that
0: the 2 or is that the 1? The 2. Okay.
1: Yeah. ChronoBlob 2 is uh I love this delay so it's much. It's been
0: my my main delay for yeah. since I got it cuz it's
1: amazing. It's, it's an fantastic amazing delay. delay. Yeah. Um and then out of the ChronoBlob uh these plots are going into the uh Intelligel 1U multi effects Uh oh. so it's a stereo reverb delay and chorus. Okay. I'm using it right now as a reverb. Um so yeah, it's going Platz into quadrat into nebulae into Chrono Blob. Oh, and then actually out of Chronoblob, they're going into two VCAs, which I'll get into later. Okay. Um and then out of those VCAs into the uh, uh, reverb, okay. And even though they're yeah, like I said, even though they're two different voices, two different sequences running on the ornament and crime, they're being processed the same way and being treated like the same sound. Um, and then uh, so I I started with this, you know, I get I get these these sequences going, get some of the delay
0: going. From ornament is your sequencer? Yeah. So you have it in hemispheres or something?
1: No. So I actually am just running the bass firmware. Okay. Um, and I have the sequencer app running uh, two sequences in the uh, arpeggio mode. Oh, okay. okay. And then uh, the Rider, which is my gate sequencer, uh, channel E and F are what's triggering that sequencer.
0: Okay, okay. And then
1: um, when I unmute channel D on my Rider, that's going to output some gate signals to some modulation sources to a bunch of different places. So when I unmute that, then we'll hear a lot of modulation going on in the sequences, uh especially as I turn up the attenu- attenuators that that modulation is going into. Uh if this is making sense is. so far. It is, it is. <laughs> and it's it
0: sounds like you're getting very good at being very economical with your, yes. your module. Your that's, whole system.
1: Yes. That that's part of it too, if sticking with one system. You learn how to mm-hmm. be very yeah. <laughs> economic and, and practical with it. Yeah. Um so yeah, so now I've turned on that modulation. So now you know the the sequence number is changing, the direction is changing. Maybe the the clock multiplication and division of the sequence is changing. Okay. All these different variations are changing.
0: So you're arpeggiating a chord, but because you're changing the timing of triggering that arpeggiator, yeah. you're getting a sense of random. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More. It's a like controlled randomness uh-huh. a little uh-huh. bit. Um, and then once I once I have those voices going with some of the delay, with some of the modulation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and you're also hearing some like ride cymbal and hi hat uh-huh. in the background. Uh, that, that channel D on the Knit Rider is also modulating. Um, oops, accidentally unmuted the kick drum there. <laughs> um, that channel is is running modulation to a bunch of different places, including the ride cymbal and hi hat. So that's why we're, we're hearing some of that
0: now. Where are those coming from?
1: Uh, the All my drums are coming
0: from the squid sample. Okay, okay. Um, okay. I
1: love the squid because it, it's. I mainly use it for percussion, but it's also a killer ambient machine.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. I thought it was mainly for like stuff like percussion because it's eight it, samples, right? Yeah,
1: so it mainly is for percussion, but, I mean, don't sleep on it, man. It, it could do a lot. Like, you could record uh, modulation into the channels and use it to run modulation. You could... Uh, you know, like sometimes I'll like take a sequence on my plats, uh, record it into the squid sample, and then from there I can mangle it reverse it, you know, change okay. it up. And, that's and, how
0: I use like Morphogene and RBOM. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. And that's
1: how I use the nebulae. Um, so in this particular case, I'm using the squid for drums. Um, and then I have actually the uh, disting running in the uh, Euclidean sequencer mode. Okay. And that's what's triggering the hi hat and ride cymbal. But uh, the frequency on. The filter for the ride symbol is being modulated by some random voltage, which is why you're kind of hearing it come in at different uh-huh. levels and different tones. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, one of the things they recently added yeah. with the Squid uh, via a firmware update was uh, internal filters. Oh, wow. Which okay. is- killer awesome. so now i have a, a low pass high pass band pass or notch filter
0: on each one of the on each channel.
1: channel that's awesome which is amazing um so yeah
0: god uh, damn it i don't need to buy another sampler but now I'm like. <laughs> hmm.
1: the squid is killer and especially for drums it has this kind of like low fi quality to it which okay i love i love yeah. when things sound shitty that's, right yeah like, i love when things sound pretty but shitty uh-huh. that's, like, that's <laughs> totally that's that's my style maybe that's your that's style, my style. Yeah, pretty pretty, but pretty shitty, but shitty. <laughs> um
0: that's your next one. you got to do an EP called
1: Pretty But Shitty. <laughs> Pretty much <but> Shitty. <laughs> I love that. Um, anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So now that I have this voice going, then what I'll do is I'll start recording on the Nebulae. So I'm just going to record and uh, let that run for a while. And then what's really cool about the Nebulae... Is I mean I'm sure similar to the Morphogen. You can blend between the dry input signal mm-hmm. and then the, your recorded buffer. Yep. And so what I'm gonna do once I record this, uh, yeah, that's good enough. I'll, I'll take that. I'll uh, reverse it and slow it down because one of the nice things about the nebulae is it can control speed independent of pitch. Oh, that's so that can, Yeah, so I can slow down the sample and reverse it, and the pitch, it's still going to stay in the same key. Uh,
0: I don't know if the morphogen... I, I it, doesn't. Okay. it doesn't. Okay,
1: because uh, my One of my students and I, we, we talked extensively about samplers, uh-huh. and I was teaching him on the nebulae, but he had a Morphogene, and that was one of the biggest pain points is his inability... To change speed It depends on oh, pitch okay um, So the nebulae Does that beautifully Um And then anyway So I have that blend knob Which switches between The dry input And then the recorded buffer And so I have some random voltage Going into Into an attenuator And I'm really into random voltage mm-hmm. If you can't tell It's my favorite Same Um And then uh, Once I turn that Attenuator up Then you'll start to hear Uh that nebulae being modulated, so then we'll start to hear some of the reversed sample kind of come in.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then with the mm-hmm. delay and
1: reverb, it sounds fucking excellent.
0: But the, the drum samples are not running in nebulae, just no, the two plots. No, no,
1: just the two plots. So is
0: is is nebulae like, like STS in that it has like two decks? No, so is, it doesn't. Okay. It
1: doesn't. Um, it's, it's just one... Sampler, but it's stereo. Okay, One I got gotcha. you. So it's sampler.
0: like morphogene in that regard too. Yeah, exactly. you can do a mono. Okay, okay. exactly.
1: Um, so yeah, I get that going, and then uh, via my ES9 and Ableton, I have the organelle set up as a send and return. Oh.
0: Um, and I'm running
1: this app on the organelle called the Granular Freezer. Okay. Which does exactly what it sounds like it does. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you know, once I. Once I get these plats voices going with the delay, with the nebulae buffer recorded, then I'll start to turn up that organelle, and you'll start to hear some of that granular delay happening. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so now I've suddenly then taken these two plats and just completely recontextualized them into this crazy, like, ambient
0: Uh whatever, you Uh know. No, no, It's, 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 it's a nice trajectory. Yeah,
1: and this is why it was tough. Because you told me to keep this relatively short. And when I got to this point, I was just like, I just want to let this breathe yeah, for like right, 20 right. minutes, man. Uh,
0: you can make the extended version. Yeah, exactly. Which I might have to
1: do. Um, but anyways, yeah. So then I have that going. And then uh, referring to my, my notes here, I yeah. got a little little score I going. That. I love that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got that going. And then um, from there, I'll kind of bring in the, the clap. It's kind of hard to hear here if I, if I solo that in Ableton got this clap going. Nice little uh, Mm -hmm. uh, syncopated pattern. Um, Again, through the the squid sample. And then, at that point, I I really wanted to have some sort of low-end bass line, but... I, uh, you know, just with the nature of these sequences and with how kind of chaotic and kind of random it was, it was kind of hard for me to pin down a specific bass line. So what I did just to kind of make up for that was I just took that uh, Nebulae recorded sample and just knock it down an octave. And so now we'll get some lower Uh, register things coming through. So it's not exactly a bass, but it's something to pad out that low end. And then... At that point, what I'll do is uh, introduce the, the, the snare so we can kind of hear some semblance of a beat yeah. beginning to form. Uh-huh. And then um, on the organelle, I will freeze my input signal. And then, so by itself, this is what it sounds like just the organelle's frozen uh-huh. signal. Mm-hmm. And uh, this then kind of becomes the basis, uh, of the main body of, of the, the, the ambient pad, uh-huh. um, because now if you recall earlier, I said uh, these two platz voices, before they go to the reverb they're going into some VCA's uh-huh. which are currently completely open but those same triggers that I'm using to trigger the snare, or the, uh, the hi-hat and the ride, I'm also using the trigger oh, two shit. envelopes I know where you're going to piss. Yeah, which are then going into those VCA's, so once I have the organelle frozen here, and I'll, uh, I'll uh, solo out those Platts. uh, Once I have the organelle frozen, I then will turn these VCA's down. So now they become a little more sparse, Uh a little more uh percussive, a little more rhythmic, much more gated signal. You're not
0: overloading that frequency range. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So yeah, so once I have the organelle frozen, I'm able to turn those VCA's down. So those elements stay in, but they're much more sparse. Uh And now the organelle becomes kind of the main body. And then Um, I just kind of let that ride for a bit and then I'll bring the kick in. Nice. And then uh, I purposely kept the drum beat pretty sparse Uh because I really wanted to make an ambient piece, uh, but I just put drums over it. So I didn't really want those drums to necessarily be super hard hitting. Uh Um, So the beat is very sparse. Um, and the the drums are very light sounding. They're not I like, like these like booming eight oh eights. So yeah. It like it still kind of bumps, but uh-huh. also it's very chill and laid yeah. back at the same time. And I have the drums, um, channels, uh, yeah, the the channel one and two of my Squid, which is the the kick and the snare going into my Blades filter because uh, I wanted to use a little bit of that waveform wave folding distortion that the Blades has, which sounds incredible, by the way. Okay, okay. Um, So I wanted a little bit of that, plus also I'm sending some random modulation to that frequency filter um, just so then you get some different tones out of the kick drum. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might get a deeper, thumpier kick. One one hit and the next hit it might be a little, a little more uh, uh, high high percussion kind of kind of kicks. I hear that.
0: Um, it's more of that kind of controlled random.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like even though the beat is relatively simple, I just get a little bit of that timbre variation in mm-hmm. the kick drum, so it stays kind of fresh. And no, then, this is
0: great. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning how I could try to duplicate the, the Josh Lim style. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's and that's part of what makes it kind of sound broken because so, and it, not always broken like it's, yeah. like sometimes it's the full frequency range so it's deep yeah. Like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and then um I do have a second drum pattern which I eventually I'll I'll switch to let me do that right now and it, it's 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 still very similar it's not mm-hmm. super different um I found I find a lot of times I struggle with with these drum beat transitions because like. Either my drum beat has like way too much polyrhythm stuff going on, and, and so it's kind of hard to pinpoint a transition, or maybe the next drum beat is so different that the transition is too jarring. Uh-huh. So for this, I figured I'll just do a second drum beat, a uh, second drum pattern on my Knit Rider, but I'll make it fairly similar to the first, but just add a little variation mm-hmm. so that it's different, but then again, it's such a seamless, smooth transition. Yeah. And then... So yeah, I got this going. And then... What I will then do is then just, uh, stop it and then, uh, just kind of let that ride.
0: So this has been like a clinic and like stretching a patch out. Yeah. Like that's, that's something that I tried to like really get into my student's head when I was teaching this summer. Mm -hmm um, is like make something that like you can, you can make slight changes to yeah. that will be, even though there's slight changes on the operator side, they'll make they'll, a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that's that's kind of what I did here. It's like, there's a lot, a lot of little changes that happen throughout the set. Um, but it, it's constantly changing and building upon you know mm-hmm. itself and, uh, and, uh, it, it's very easy now that I've kind of played it and, you know, unmuted the things I need to unmute and turn the nozzle I need to turn uh, because I have this little notes <laughs> and, and <laughs> this little score written now. It's very easy to revert this back to its original state
0: right. before yeah. I played it. That's, that's something that I had to get, that I had to learn how to do is how do you, and I'm still trying to figure out, because actually before I get into that, I want to say that you and I do very, very similar things. In what way? Um, when we like, so I start rather than starting with, um, you know, two plats, Mm -hmm. I will load up, you know, two samples on my 4MS, but then I'll run them into morphogenes and then I will live record them for a while. And then I'll slowly start doing the blend between the two. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, that is the base of everything I do right now. I I almost start every patch that way. And then after that it goes, you know, that's when I start messing around. Um, but then also with your granulizer thing, yep. I I run th- uh sometimes I run the morphogene into R bar or just double the samples. Yeah. Out, and then I get my granular thing so I can kind of get the morphogene going and then fade that out and get my granular thing going. And yeah. then I try to have all of them work together. Well and what again. what I
1: love about that is like, you know, by doing that kind of method of taking a sound and just granularizing the shit out of it mm-hmm. through multiple mm-hmm. devices, it's cool because you're able to create new sounds and you know stack them on top of each other but because they're all deriving from the same original sound source there's a cohesion mm-hmm. you know you don't
0: ha- never have to tune a goddamn thing exactly and i, I hate, hate tuning so. i <laughs> hate tuning which is
1: part of also why i went the digital oscillator route because yeah. now i can flip this on turn it off turn it on and i can rely on my plots still being yep. in tune yep. yeah yeah um, which is killer
0: <laughs> and so you're pro- you're you, i have the same issue with the low end now, that is one thing that I do like about how the morphogene, when you slow it down, it does. So I usually do two octaves below whatever I yeah, sample yeah. into it. So I have some sort of filling out of the low end right. frequency. And I can do something fast as a sample here and then bring it into like a slow thing and bring it back. But that's the reason I bought that Fender Jazz Bass.
1: Oh, I guess the actual bass. Yeah. So nice. I also just
0: got like a little amp simulating pedal that mm. I'm going to actually have to go pick up today. <laughs> kind of forgot about it. Um, <laughs> um, but I did my first live field recording, and I just direct direct in from my bass into my Zoom recorder. Oh, no. Nice. So I just did it on a separate channel, and it sounded like really good for just doing that. Oh, God. So that's now, so cool. Blending yeah. those
1: two things together. Oh, my God. So
0: now, and I've just been practicing bass a couple hours a yeah. day, because like I'm, I'm a decent guitar player. And I played bass in Greg Markle's band for a little mm. bit because the bassist left and they needed somebody to play bass. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. not like so I'm like trying to become like a bass player. Wow. Now. Um so that's that's kind of that's my my but it's I'm so it's it's really cool to see um actually two two cool things have happened via this like build a patch and bring it to the show. Yeah, yeah. One is when Daedalus came on, yeah. They were showing me their setup. And we have like really really similar <laughs> setups like we both use chronoblob we both use data bender we both use uh, sts i was going to say
1: you probably like- you probably got the idea of the sts from him cuz he uh, or sorry they they uh, are are yeah. Killing the STS.
0: Yeah, um, and Greg Markle, again, to bring Greg Markle back. Oh, is he doing STS? He was a huge proponent. I think he still has it, but he, a lot of the Animals at Night stuff that he was doing, like early like early Mott's performances and yeah, stuff, yeah. was was with that. So yeah, those, those two kind of... Uh, there was one other person who had it. There was like there were three people who all had it, and it kind of like, all right, that's the thing for me. And I actually... I got the Bitbox Micro for a little bit thinking, like, well, I'll be able to do more samples and then I can maybe do it more Ableton style. And I mm. got it and just like, I kept coming back to the STS. I was just like, I just, that's my, that's like my soul module. Wow. I, just, I love, I love it. Wow. That's, I
1: actually, I actually ran an STS for a while, mm-hmm. actually. And actually, on that uh, album I released under your self center, uh-huh. um, the Rotations yeah, record, yeah. I, there's a lot of STS on that. Okay. okay. But I was dying for, that function on the nebulae where i can control speed independent of pitch i know
0: now i now i'm like i guess i have to get a nebulae yeah, now
1: it's um, killer it's killer being able to <laughs> be able to control the speed and just know and trust that my sample is going to remain in the same pitch now and can it key.
0: do stuff similar to like the morph like on Morphogene? like can it like and what can it like do fun like Like granularization or smearing or anything like that? Oh, yes. It certainly can. And in this
1: patch, I have it pretty tame. I do have some CV coming out of the Sputnik uh, LFO uh, into some of the parameters on the nebulae, but it's it's very light, so there's not a whole lot of that going Mm -hmm. on. But, oh, yeah, you can certainly, you know, granularize
0: the shit out of it. Okay, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here if, if we don't stop. Why don't we, uh, why don't we have you play this thing? Yeah. But before that, because we'll just play it at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want people to know? What do you want to scream from the modular mountaintops? Oh goodness, Jesus, that's
1: a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, you had, you had like two weeks to think of this. What do I want to say?
1: I don't know what I want to say. Do you want um, to plug anything? Modular Seattle, baby. We're still yeah. doing our uh, our monthly Twitch streams, as we have talked about. And They're so, so awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the community is awesome. So you guys are always bringing, bringing the heat. Um, we Yes, we do month a month on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Modular Seattle. If, uh, if anyone listening would like to play, we are always booking because mm-hmm. we do this every month. Yeah. So you can head to our website, modularseattle.com head to the events page and you can sign up. I'm going to regret saying that because I'm going to have to field a bunch of, uh, artist up (laughs) forms, but it's great. It's all for the sake of, uh, growing the community and and having these awesome shows. Yeah. Go sign Um, up. Yeah, definitely sign up. We always love having new people, you know, especially in this last year, seeing how much it's grown. Um, so yeah, that obviously you want to shout out. Um, and, uh,
0: is it lemonjaya.bandcamp.com?
1: Lemonjaya.bandcamp.com, yeah, find my stuff. Yeah, Lim and Jaya. I uh, recently released an EP in December, and then uh, I'm working on another one. I actually have a lot of projects in the back burner. I just need to like finish it up. But...
0: All right. So, and then um, what are you? How about Instagram? Is that the best place to keep up with like what you're doing musically? Yes,
1: I guess. <laughs> I mean, I. I'm, it's funny because I manage all the social media for modular Seattle, but I fucking hate social media. Uh Like, (laughs) like lately I've been really been hating it. And so I've been on Instagram less and less, but when I do put something out, I do post it on Instagram. So I guess that is the best way.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Instagram Limanjaya underscore limb. Okay. Uh, that's where you'll find me.
0: L I M a N J a Y a. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Underscore L I M. And yeah, links in the bio. And thank you so much, Josh. I want to I want to check out this. Uh, Dude, thank this you so
1: much for having me. This I has been so fun. Yeah. I miss you. This I has miss has you awesome. too. Well, I kind of miss you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> all right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all the sponsors. Please go check them out in the show description. Um, if you'd like to help me on it, patreon.com forward slash PodModcast. I'd greatly appreciate that. And hey, get a hold of Modular Seattle and sign up for one of their upcoming events. Now, without further ado, let's check out Lemon Jaya's PodMod Final. That's what he named it. So um, we're going to take submissions for, for the name of this track. All right. Thanks again for coming back to PodMod. Until next week.